Hello and welcome to Assertive Radiance. I am your host, Nadia Fleury, and today's episode, What kind of leader are you? Before starting this episode, I want to wish my sincere condolences to George Floyd's family and everyone who is deeply affected by the tragedy of the event and all at what is going on at this current time in America. It is sad what happened and what is currently happening. I don't want to make this episode a political debate because that's not my intention. I'm here to bring peace, harmony, and love in people's heart. And I'm hoping that by sharing this message today that I can make a difference. We may not be leaders in the sense of leading the country or leading big corporations. However, we are leader of our own life. And depending on the decision we make, we actually shape our own destiny. Today's topic is to really make you aware, asking deep questions as to what type of leader are you? Are you proud with your leadership? I believe that leadership is really important because not only it shapes you and your action, but it also shapes the future of the nation, the people who will come after us. The trigger of this example was that the other day on TV, there was the movie Sully. Sully is the pilot, Sullenberger, who landed the U.S. Airway plane in the Hudson River back in January 2009. The scene that I witnessed on TV was when he was in the plane and he had water all the way to his knees and he was going back towards the plane to make sure that everyone had been um, evacuated from the plane. And the other incident happened in January 2012 when Captain Chetito capsized the Costa Concordia cruise ship where 32 people died and 4,000 people were traumatized. What struck me was more what he did or more what he didn't do. Basically, he chose to save his own life before saving everyone else. So two different kind of leadership. One is I am going to be responsible for what happens and I am the last one out. The other one was oh my God, what did I do? And now I'm scared shit and I'm going to run away from, you know. So it goes to show that sometimes men in power will either react or respond depending on their state of mind. Sometimes we do something that we did not mean to do, but then it backfire. And how we respond or react will oftentimes defined us forever. And in asking you what kind of leader are you is for you to be prepared because it's so easy to react when we are not prepared. We catch off guard. How many times somebody uses the expression, oh my God, I did this because he pressed my button or he made me do this. No one makes you do anything. You choose to do certain things. Oftentimes, those lines are used because we are looking for an excuse. We perhaps did not mean it, but now that it happened, we have to take responsibility. 
this is the biggest situation that we are facing right now because we are afraid and as we are afraid, we are making erratic decision. We're not thinking straight. Now, I get that with the incident that happened with George Floyd, that right now the country is going through is a crisis. A crisis to say, hey, I do not trust the establishment anymore. The trouble is that we are dealing with a government that has its own agenda, driven by greed and power. For five years now, we have been subjected to propaganda. Propaganda weakens the mind. A weakened mind loses its ability to think clearly and has a tendency to react rather than to respond to events. Friendships starts to erode, creating greater division between friends and family and between different nationalities as well. We have gone through all sorts of emotion from shock to anger to feeling powerless. Many have chosen to numb themselves instead of facing reality. The government is not only dividing us as a nation, but he is also alienating us from the world. It took George Floyd's death, mixed with two months of being cooped up at home with the coronavirus, to wake us up and unite the nation. But what we are all experiencing is only the tip of the iceberg. It is what's visible. I believe, though, that to truly solve the problem, we've got to look at the root cause. I don't proclaim to know what the root cause is. However, I want to share this passage I came across in the book Outwitting the Devil, written by Napoleon Hill. And mind you, he wrote that in 1938. In the book, Hill has a strange interview with the devil. Because I kind of jumped in the middle of the book, first I have to read to you what the devil means by being a drifter. A drifter is one who permits himself to be influenced and controlled by circumstances outside of his own mind. He would rather let me occupy his mind and do his thinking than go to the trouble of thinking for himself. A drifter is one who accepts whatever life throws in his way without making a protest or putting up a fight. He doesn't know what he wants from life and spends all his time getting just that. A drifter has lots of opinions, but they are not his own. Most of them are supplied by me. This is found on page 73. What I'm going to read here is found on page 107 to 112. Hill, now go ahead and tell me of some of your other tricks with which you allure people into drifting. The devil. One of my most effective tricks is known to you as propaganda. This is the instrument of greatness value to me in setting people to murdering one another under the guise of war. The cleverness of this trick consists mainly of the subtlety with which I use it. I mix propaganda with the news of the world. I have it taught in public and private schools. I see that it finds way into the pulpit. I color moving pictures with it, see that it enters 
every home where there's a radio or a TV. I injected into billboard, newspaper, and radio advertising. And I personally adding internet, social media, and video gaming. I spread it in every place of business where people work. And personally, I would say that is what we call gossip. You may not realize it, but gossip are very destroying to the morale of the people. I will continue with what the devil has to say. I use it to fill the divorce courts, and I make it serve to destroy business and industry. It is my chief instrument for starting runs on banks. My propagandists cover the world so thoroughly that I can start epidemics of disease, turn loose the dog of war, or throw businesses into a panic at will. Hill, if you can do all that you claim with propaganda, is it little wonder that we have wars and business depressions? Give me a simple description of what you mean by the term propaganda. Just what is it and how does it work? I wish to know particularly how you cause people to drift through the use of this devilish device. The devil. Propaganda is any device, plan, or method by which people can influence without knowing that they are being influenced or the source of the influence. Propaganda is used in business for the purpose of discouraging competition. Employers use it to gain advantage of their employees. The employees retaliate by using it to gain advantage over the employers. In fact, it is used so universally and through such a smooth and beautiful streamlined technique that it looks harmless even when it is detected. Hill I suppose some of your boys are now engaged in preparing the minds of the American people to drift into some form of dictatorship. Tell me how they work. The devil? Yes, millions of my boys are preparing Americans to become Hitlerized. My best boys are working through politics and labor organizations. We intend to take over the country with ballots instead of bullets. Americans are so sensitive, they would never stand the shock of seeing their form of government change with the aid of machine guns and tank cars. So our propaganda boys are serving them a diet they will swallow by stirring up strife between employers and employees and turning the government against businesses and industry. When propaganda has done its work thoroughly, One of my boys will move in as dictator and the nine-hole men of your Supreme Court will, with their silly notions of the Constitution, will move out. Everyone will be given a job or fed from the government treasury. When men's bellies are filled, they drift freely with one who does the filling. Hungry men get out of under control. Hill I have often wondered who invented the clever trick which you call propaganda. From what you tell me of its source and nature, I understand why it is so deadly. Only one as clever as your majesty could have invented such a device with which to dull the reason. 
dethrone the will and lure men into drifting. Why do you not use your powerful propaganda to gain control of your victims instead of subduing them through fear and annihilating them through warfare? The devil. What is fear of the devil except for propaganda? You have not observed my technique very carefully or you would have seen that I am the world's greatest propagandist. I never attain an end by direct open means, which I can achieve subtly. What do you suppose I am using when I plant negative ideas in the minds of men and gain control of them through what they believe to be their own ideas? What would you call that except the cleverest of all forms of propaganda? Hill Surely you are not going to tell me that you destroy people through their own help without their realizing what you are doing. The devil. That is exactly what I wish you to understand. Moreover, I will show you exactly how the trick is performed. I make my first entry into an individual's mind by bribing him. I use many things, all of them pleasant things. The individual covets. I use the same sorts of bribes that individuals use when they bribe one another. That is, I use for bribes the things people most want. My best bribes are these. Love, the thirst for self-expression, covetousness for money, the obsessive desire to gain something for nothing, like gambling, vanity in women, Egotism in men, desire to be the master of others, desire for intoxicants and narcotics, desire for self-expression through words and deeds, desire to imitate others, desire for perpetuation of life after death, desire to be a hero or heroine, and desire for physical food. Hill, you mean that these bribes are the keys with which you can silently unlock the door to any minds you choose? The devil. That is exactly what I mean, and I can do it too. Hill. What happens when you enter the mind of a person who is not yet in the habit of drifting, but belongs in the 98% class of as a potential drifter? The devil. I go to work immediately to occupy as much of that person's mind as I can master. If the individual's greatest weakness is the desire for money, I begin to dangle coins before him, figuratively speaking. I intensify his desire and induce him to go after money. Then when he gets near it, I snatch it away from him. This is an old trick of mine. After the trick has been repeated a few times, the poor fellow gives in and quits. Then I take over a little more space in his mind and fill it with the fear of poverty. That is one of my best mind fillers. Hill, yes, I admit your method is very clever. But what happens if the victim fools you and gets his hands on a lot of money? You don't fill his mind with fear of poverty then, do you? The devil. No, I don't. 
I take over the space by filling it with something which serves my purpose just as well. If my victim converts his desire for money into large sums, I start overfeeding him with the things he can buy with it. For example, I cause him to stuff himself with rich foods. This slows down his thinking capacity, endangers his heart, and starts him on the road to drifting. Then I pester him with intestinal poisoning through the surplus food he eats. That also slows down his thinking and gives him a nasty disposition. Hill, what if the victim is not a gluten? What other follies can you induce him to pick up that lead to drifting? The devil, if the victim is a male, I can usually snare him through his sex appetite. Overindulgence in sex starts more men to drifting towards failure than all other causes combined. End quote. And page 114 to 116. Hill. What about those who acquire money slowly by rendering some form of useful service? Are they easily snared to the devil? Oh, I get them all right but I generally have to change my bait. Some of them want one thing and others want something else. Where my purpose is best served, I see that they get what they want most, but I manage to wrap in the package something they don't want. The thing I give them is the definite thing that makes them drifters. Do you see how I work? Hill and very clever work it is. You lure people on through their natural desires, but you slip your deadly poison into the object of those desires whenever you can. The devil. Now you're catching on. You see, I play both ends against the middle, so to speak. Hell, from all you say, I infer that you cannot induce a non-drifter to help you gain control of his mind by baiting him with your bribes. Is that correct? The devil. That is exactly correct. I can, and I do, interest non-drifters in my bribes, because I use for the purpose of bribery the things all people naturally desire. But the non-drifter resembles a fish that steals the bait from the hook but refuses to take the hook. The non-drifter takes from life whatever he wants, but he takes it on his own terms. The drifter takes whatever he can get, but he takes what he gets on my term. Hill. So I draw from your claims the conclusion that your hand is mixed up somehow in all of people's troubles and miseries, even though your presence may not be visible. The devil. My unwilling workers are often my best workers. You see, my unwilling workers are those whom I cannot control with some combination of bribes, people whom I have to master by fear or through some form of misfortune. They do not wish to serve me, but they cannot avoid it because they are eternally bound to me by the habit of drifting. Hill, now I am beginning to better understand your technique. 
You bribe your victims through their natural desires and lead them astray while you induce them to become drifters if they respond to your lure. If they refuse to respond, you plant the seed of fear in their minds or trap them through some form of misfortune and hug tight them while they are down. Is that your method? The devil. That is exactly the way I work. Clever, don't you think? I shared this information on propaganda because I believe that many of us have been brainwashed. What we are currently experiencing is a reactive world. Something within us is screaming to come out. However, that is an outcome, not the root cause. Propaganda has been used for centuries to induce fear and discourage people from thinking because a scared mind cannot think accurately. And when you can't think, it's easy to let your ego self being entangled into what feels good but is addictive. Do you have any idea how many people are doing things that they are not proud of doing? Their conscience is not at ease but because they fear retribution or being fired, they do it anyway. As I shared earlier, getting caught in someone else's manipulation and seduction is easy because the bribes are so alluring. When not conscious, it's easy to take what feels good without realizing it comes at a cost. Let me share a scenario. You get a job offer that gives you twice the amount you are currently earning. You take the job and feel so proud. With the new salary increased, you start spending more. You purchased a new car and a six-bedroom home. Six months later, you start witnessing that your boss doesn't treat people kindly and makes you and others do things that are not in alignment with your values. Now you are getting the bigger picture of what the company is all about but you feel it's too late. You got comfortable living with the new income and you know that if you quit, you will not have the same income level. Do you see how easy it is to drift away from your values? It will take a huge dose of vulnerability to quit, to go back to a lower salary and to say to your spouse and kids, that you've got to sell the fancy car and move back into a two-bedroom apartment. So let's assume that you choose to stay in the company. Three years later, you are now so immersed in the seduction and manipulation game that you are now doing to your family and friends what your boss has done to you. In short, you have been brainwashed with the illusion that you can get whatever you want. The truth is that you can never entirely remove your conscience. There's love in everyone's heart. It's just that in some people, the love is so deeply buried that they can't feel anymore. And that's when they choose to live in greed and wants. I invite you to see the injustice of George's death as a wake-up call. What's your own conscience telling you? Is there something you've been dreaming of doing but been putting on a back burner? As I said before, nobody can change or control others. You can only change yourself. 
However, you must pay attention to how you feel. Your emotion is a clue that you need to address something deeper. I am not saying you have to stifle your feelings. I am suggesting you listen to the message that comes from within you. It is the only place where you can hear your truth. I believe God speaks to us through our emotions. And true change occurs when we choose to listen and when we take action on the message. That is when you get to discover your life purpose. Another thing I want to add, feeling anger towards someone else will only bring anger in your heart. Although I'm saying that it's okay to feel your emotion, I invite you to bring forth the thought that in oneness, we are all pure love. We are all worthy of being loved and remember what you do to others, you are doing it to yourself as well. I came across a quote from Chrysus that says, There is a wheel on which the affairs of men revolve, and its mechanism is such that it prevents any man from being always fortunate. In conclusion, at the beginning of this episode, I shared two different types of leadership with you. And throughout this episode, I've explained why it is essential to control your thoughts. The first steps in making positive change is to become conscious, to see things for what they are. Take the time to step back and be honest with yourself. Because leadership starts in your own heart. Some leaders promote love and unite the nation, and others bring forth hatred and destroy the morale. From this day forward, you get to decide what kind of leader are you choosing to become. I hope this episode was helpful. If you feel that it can help a friend, please share it. And until next week, please stay safe and healthy and have a fabulous day. Are you feeling stuck, unsupported, and unhappy? How about pressing reset on your past and invite newness in your life by joining a Mastermind Alliance, where together we will create your future reality. Living in the unknown is not easy, however essential to break free from your past. And this is why I am offering this opportunity to connect by scheduling a free 30-minute consultation. Simply type on your web browser bit.ly forward slash call Nadia and choose a date that will work best with your schedule. And I look forward to talking with you soon.